surprised, honoured and just a bit intimidated is how our new and 13th Poet Laureate Chris Teese feels about his new role. Given he's only in his 30s, he also sees this acknowledgement as a real boost to his confidence. Bill Manhire, Jenny Bornholt, Selena Tusitala-Marsh and David Eagleton are among his predecessors. For the next two years, the highly respected queer Asian Kiwi writer will promote poetry and publish more work. I'm just overwhelmed and so honoured and chuffed that people are really happy about this news. Yeah, my phone was not coping with all of the messages and the notifications and I'm still receiving messages and yeah, it's been really lovely. And I think I was worried that the news might be met with a bit of confusion or... I'm not sure, like, the people before me have been so influential and, you know, have had really significant careers. I mean, I've received this at a relatively early stage of my career or comparatively early stage of my career. So I feel like there's a little bit more pressure for me to prove that I can do it. But I'm I'm just so excited about how everyone else is excited about it as well. Well, you, you may be young, but I actually think that you have shaken the the branches of many trees, you know, and I saw a lovely description of you, a poet leading a generational and cultural shift. I mean, that's that's a lot of responsibility on those those shoulders of yours, Chris. It's really been quite lovely to read things like that um, over the last day or two. And for me, it's it's not something that I've deliberately set out to do. You know, I've, I've you know, poetry is something that I really, really love. And I've talked about how it's my way of looking at the world and understanding the world and making those connections with other people. But I'm just I just do it because I love it and I just happen to be out there maybe a lot more visible than than some other people and I'm just really yeah happy that it's been recognized and yeah, I'm just I'm just doing what I love basically. But but I think that visibility comes because of the quality of your work, Chris, and also the themes that you are prepared to take on. Because I've always thought of you as a no holds barred kind of poet, and I, and I don't see that as even being overtly political. You know what I mean? But it, you're telling mm. uh, you know your truth as you see it, uh, and your feelings as you feel them. It's quite funny because I never really set out to be a, a no holds barred poet. I remember being quite resistant about revealing myself in my poetry or going anywhere near political or social issues because it just wasn't me and you know it's not necessarily the world that I came from. But I think through the act of writing poetry and engaging through those political and social issues through other people's poetry has brought that into my own writing world and my own creative life. And I don't want to be someone who you know, speaks on behalf of others. I would rather create that space so that those other voices can be uplifted and, and have a platform to speak for themselves. Yeah, I just want to make work that provokes and challenges, but also creates that space. I mean, when you're writing about things like homophobia and, and racism, I mean, do they do your poems ever come from a place of, of anger? I mean, I sense your pain and your frustration. Um, but when mm. you are writing about them, what are the emotions that you are sharing with us through your words? Yeah, I, you know, we've talked about this before, especially you know, in, in relation to the most recent book, Supermodel Minority. That a lot of that work was was born from a place of anger and frustration about the world, about things not getting better, and in fact, you know, slipping backwards in, in some respects. And that, that it can be a very confronting and challenging place for a poet to write from it really does force you to confront those feelings and you know you ask yourself is this going to be the right thing to put on the page or to to share 
you know, on the stage at, at, at a performance or a reading. And so that's the, that's the thing that keeps turning around in my head when I'm writing these poems. And I think through the process of writing all three of my books, I have built up that courage or built up the what I what I think might be the craft to be able to articulate those thoughts and those those frustrations and, and feelings in a way that feels true and, and and honest to me, but doesn't necessarily overwhelm or sort of just feel like I'm I'm on a soapbox screaming at someone because because I don't like the way things are. With the title of Poet Laureate comes a stipend, always handy, but also <laughs> job descriptions, also responsibility. So, and this includes promoting poetry, publishing new work. I think you strike me as someone who always has writing um, on the go. <laughs> but just this issue of you know working with the with the community, with your community um, of poets, and promoting p- poetry. You haven't had a lot of time to think about it yet, I know. But how do you think you might approach that? Because I, I mean, you are very strong in wanting to make sure that poetry is in the mainstream. Once all of this is settled, I think I'm going to sit down and plan out the next two years and figure out what's what's feasible, what's reasonable to do during my term as Poet Laureate. What I'd really love is to yeah, get poetry into everyday lives and not force it down people's throats, but just sort of have them discover it in unexpected places or ways. And I really want this to be a laureateship that brings everyone along with me um, in terms of poets and publishers and writers, uh, reviewers, bookstores, readers, audiences around New Zealand. I I'm really inspired by how Selena Tosatalamash carried out her time as um, Poet Laureate. And I, I want this to be, yeah, for everyone, not just for myself. And I've sang to people, you know, last night when the news came out that, you know, I, as much as I'd, I'd love to get out there and promote my own work, I think that's only a small part of what this means. This, this is my chance to be able to really shine a spotlight on everything amazing that's happening in poetry in Aotearoa, whether it's in books or on the stage and yeah let people see just how amazing our poets are yeah i mean i've I've seen you quoted as saying that this is a really exciting time for poets you know there is a momentum and poets like Mm. yourself have been part of that Uh, we just come out of national poetry day of course as well you know the profile of poetry i think is really really high it is and I, i can't quite pinpoint why that's happened you know we've we've been joking that 2022 is the year of poetry because so many great poets have published amazing incredible books and there's still so much more to come it's you know it's only august and i think maybe it's it's the visibility and and the access to it like over the over the last few years having journals online and having people sharing poetry through social media has opened up the way poetry is consumed but also introduced people to a lot of poetry that they may not have come across through other means and that's really exciting so i you know i have i have a few instagram accounts that i follow that are basically just people sharing other people's work and and that's really lovely to you know when you're doom scrolling through the day you stop and you see a poem and you you just take that in for a moment it's like oh that's actually a really lovely way to to break up your your day-to-day life and that's i think been wonderful in terms of getting poetry in front of people and i think people are also just giving it a go like I've, i've seen that like slam poetry competitions in Wellington are, are starting to see a lot of newer people just wanting to see what it's like because those communities and those scenes are just welcoming people with open arms and, and showing them it's actually not a scary thing. Poetry doesn't have to be that thing that you did at school where you had to read it line by line and break it down and try and figure out what it is. It can be this thing that, that you decide how to write, how to deliver it, what you want it to be. 
And are you seeing, are you hearing more Asian voices, for example? You know, those who've heard your work and the openness with which you write about your heritage and about issues facing you. And that, you know, you're encouraged to give them a voice, you know, that there are people who want to hear what they have to say. Yeah. When I first started writing and when I did my master's in creative writing, there were very few Asian voices. In fact, you know, Alison Wong was really the only one that I knew of. And even then she hadn't published her first book of poetry yet. And just in the last few years, there's been this wonderful wave of new Asian Aotearoa poets um, coming through. And that, you know, we're all very different. And that's, I think, the point that needs to be made is that we're not all writing from the same perspective or experience. We're all bringing something very different to the table. People like Nina Minya Pals and Cadence Chung, Joanna Cho, Vanessa Makrosky, Renee Liang, you know, it's all amazing work. And it just makes me so happy that, yeah, I have contemporaries now and that we can respond to each other's work through poetry and, and, and have this have this community together. You credit poetry, Chris, with so much, you know, even to forging relationships, forging friendships. You know, this is this is not just you sitting by yourself writing mm. poetry and sharing them with the world, you know, through publications. It's I love that description of how significant it is to you personally, how much it means to you. Yeah, especially in the last 10 years or so, I've basically had this friend circle of poets and the other people that I, I chat to at book launches and events and, you know, I read with them and, and we hang out and we even just get together and, and read poetry to each other, which sounds like a really nerdy thing to do but we love it and that's 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 our that's our jam and I am just so grateful that because of poetry yeah I have these wonderful friendships and relationships that not only with this poetry is the thing that we all love and enjoy together but it, it just continues to inspire me as well as a poet and and when when people around you are, are writing and producing incredible work you know you want to keep up with it as well and you and you want to challenge yourself and, and, and do the best that you can do. We spoke before about the way that you have by example encouraged um, Asian writers to find their voice. It's just last year when you co-edited the anthology of, of Takatapui and queer writers from Aotearoa and I mean mm. that's another going back to the title of your own poetry collection Supermodel Minority that's another group of writers who uh, at this time it just feels like there's an explosion of different oh, voices, yeah. you know, within that within that big, diverse, rainbow whanau. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, it's it's always been there. It's not like it was completely invisible, but for reasons that, you know, I can't really get into right now because it's really complicated, they just weren't as prominent, maybe, as, as some of the other voices being published. And, you know, there was a lot, of, a lot of other legal stuff going on as well, obviously. And, yeah, definitely in the last few years, there has been this explosion, and... I think when Emma and I set out to pull all the pieces together, we we completely underestimated just how much work there would be out there to consider. You know, we thought, oh, okay, we'll, we'll drop a list of writers that we can sort of read and then we'll invite some open subs and, yeah, we might be able to pull something really um, substantial together. And, you know, we were overwhelmed with the amount of submissions that we received, you know, and especially from people that we'd never heard of before or people that um, we didn't know would fit the the brief of the book and then when we went and sought out works from the writers that we'd identified there was you know there was so much to consider as well so what we've ended up with is this really rather hefty collection that you know I'm so proud of and 
really is yeah it's it's not meant to be like the canon or you know representing all of the queer literature that's in New Zealand at the moment but it's sort of like a it's a it's a it's a line in the sand it's like this is this is what we've seen happening up until this point and we want to see what's next and you know we're already seeing things happening like Eel magazine and Bad Apple which are new online journals and websites that are devoted to queer New Zealand um, writing. That's the thing that we wanted to see happen after the publication of the book, the creation of more spaces and the creation of more platforms for our um, takataipoi and queer writers to be able to publish their work and, and be heard and seen. I shouldn't know this, given I'm pretty sure I've interviewed most of the Poet Laureates over the years. That's how long we've been around. But I know with the Poet Laureates in the UK, for example, they have occasions where they are uh, writing poems. I think royal occasions, that sort of thing. You know, the Poet Laureate will, mm. will create a work. Is that part of a gig here in Aotearoa too? I don't think it is. It's, it, it doesn't seem to be in the terms of reference that I've, um, that I've been given. I, I think that that's one of the things that's sort of up to the Poet Laureate as well. Because, yeah, as you mentioned, there is this sort of expectation to create new work during your term. Um, so, yeah, I'll be definitely be writing, but there's no sort of strings attached to that. Like, you don't have to, you know, respond to um, this event or that event. Wouldn't that be um, ghastly? Yeah, I, there's I, a royal I, baby write a poem about it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I, I don't think I would cope with that um, because I, I've found that, like, when I'm, when I'm given a brief, they are often the hardest poems to write, um, especially, if, especially if they're very specific. But, you know, I, I think just through this role and, and through whatever's happening in the world, I, I probably will end up responding to current events and, and, and it'll just be part of what I do without really thinking about it. And that's our new Poet Laureate, Chris Tease. Very excited to see what Chris will be doing over the next two years in that role. 